morning, everyone. This is my first time here. I've been looking forward to it all week to come in and worship with you and serve the Lord together and glorify Him. So thank you for this opportunity. My home church is New Ross United Methodist Church. We are a dual-charged church. The other half is attended by Dee. I know Dee Beetle has been here many times to serve here also. So uh, our joint pastor is Tammy Mushy, and she does a wonderful job for us. So uh, I know that we, both Dee and I, like coming here. Um, I became a certified lay speaker by virtue of an Emmaus walk I took in 2007. Uh, it was um, quite an experience for me. I know a f- few people here, probably more than I know, have been to the Emmaus walk. Like I said, mine was in the spring of 2007. Uh, At that walk, Christ went from my head to my heart and uh, made a dramatic improvement in my life. Uh, I'll put in a plug for Emmaus Walk coming up here in October, October 18th through 21st for the men and October 25th through 28th for the ladies at uh, Hanging Rock in Covington. Uh, It's just a wonderful experience. uh, you have any interest in that, I know Dan and Denise can help you with that. So that's how I happen to be here. It's just an extension of my Emmaus walk um, many years ago, 2007. Uh, my title of this, is, as Emmett mentioned, is Joy or Distress. And the um, essence of this came of all places at Kroger Shopping Center on July 4th. Now, <laughs> that is a strange place to get a message, but it's where I got this message. Um, we had just gotten back from a family vacation. Uh, we went to the Lake Geneva area. We have uh, three sons, uh, three wonderful uh, daughters-in-law, and six grandchildren. We all invaded uh, this house on, uh, around Lake Geneva and had a great time from uh, July 1st, or I'm sorry, from uh, June 25th to July 1st. Got home uh, late that Sunday night. We had fireworks there, so we didn't have any big uh, desire to go to a fireworks show uh, because we saw a beautiful one there. And, uh, but my wife said, you know, we need a few things. Do you mind going to the grocery store? And I'm kind of hope my fellow men don't think poor me, poorly of me about this, but I like to grocery shop. <laughs> it's just, it's a, not many guys say that, but I do. I, my uh, high school and uh, college job was uh, working at AMP and uh, over on the west side of Indianapolis, and so I don't mind going in and, and doing some shopping. Uh, in fact, I prefer me going in versus my wife because my wife goes in and buys, I go in and shop. I'll go, uh, I'll go in and look for good bargains. I'll go in and uh, I, I even use a coupon every now and then. So you know, it's, it's just a, a good experience. Well, I went there on July 4th and came home and told my wife. I said, I. That is probably the unhappiest group of grocery shoppers I have ever seen. <laughs> there, there were very few smiles. Now, fortunately, I don't recognize any of you being there on July 4th. So, <laughs> so um, but I told her it was just, just a store full of unhappy people. And I couldn't figure out what it was. It was July 4th. You know, uh, celebrations are in order. Our, our country's uh, celebration. And they weren't celebrating at Kroger South. Well, she went to, we found out a couple days later we were going to have our grandkids from Brownsburg stay with us a couple, couple nights, so we didn't have anything for them, so my wife was in Brownsburg, and she stopped in, she came home and said, 
man, that's the, <laughs> people are still unhappy. Kroger in Brownsburg's not any happier than the people in, in, in Kroger South. So that kind of got me to thinking about, are you joyful or are you distressed in life? Uh, we certainly have many things in our life to be joyful about, and we have many things to be stressful about. And our scripture today kind of talks about that. If you want to follow, I'm going to read a couple, uh, couple things from the uh, New King James Version. If you want to follow around in your pew Bibles, uh, I'm going to start with Psalm 3, and then I'm going to go into Psalm 4. I'm just going to read a few verses in each one of those. Psalm 3 is entitled, The Lord Helps His Troubled People. It's a psalm of David when he fled from Absalom, his son. Before I get into reading about that, I'm going to kind of make a public service announcement about favorite books in the Bible. I think everybody should have a favorite book in the Bible, uh, if not a couple or or three. And it just so happens that uh, some of my favorite books in the Bible are 1 and 2 Samuel, uh, and I'll explain that here in just a minute, and 1 Peter, where our other scripture comes from. And the reason I like 1 and 2 Samuel, if you go back and, and look at that, there are so many good stories in 1 and 2 Samuel. Uh, David and Saul, uh, David slay, slaying Goliath, Bathsheba, and, and Uriah, her husband. Uh, it's, there's just all kind of good stories in those two books. So I enjoy reading it. And one of those stories, like I said, had to do with King David and his son Absalom. Somehow those two had a falling out. And Absalom was after his dad because Absalom wanted the throne. So word got back to David that your son is after you and your son has not good intentions when he finds you. So David took off. And this psalm of David is when he fled from Absalom, his son. Again, I won't go into any more details about Absalom. You can go back and take a look at that if you so, so think. So with Absalom in his mind, he wrote, writes this psalm. And think about how this might apply to you. Lord, how they have increased who trouble me. We all have stresses. We all have distress in our life. Sometimes they mount up. Sometimes they overwhelm us. Sometimes we just don't know what to do. Many are they who rise up against me. Many are they who say of me, there is no help for him and God. Like, he's just going to stew in his own juices. God's not going to be able to help him. But what does David say? He says, but you, O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory, and the one who lifts up my head. When we went through our joys and concerns just a few minutes ago, uh, I stopped in the New Ross Church. Um, We started at 9 o'clock there, just sat in for the first half of it before I came here. In our, in our joys and concerns, one of the uh, persons in the congregation said that he worked with one of the people who died in the duck boat uh, situation in Branson, Missouri. And I, didn't, I couldn't tell if he works with him now. If he, worked, he said, I worked with him for three years. Uh, so, you know, that hit home pretty hard. And I don't know if you listened to any of the uh, uh, interviews with the lady who survived but she knows that my glory is with the one who lifts up my head. She knows that God will be here and get her through that. I lay down and slept in verse 5. I awoke for the Lord's sustained me. 
Somewhere along the line, I read an elaboration of that. I lay down and slept. All those things going on in David's life, he laid down and slept because he knew that God was going to protect him. And let's take a, take a look at Psalm 4. First verse, hear me when I call, O God, of my righteousness. You have relieved me in my distress. And then uh, go down to verse 7. You have put gladness in my heart. More than in the season that their grain and wine increased, I will both lie down in peace and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. We have the assurance that Christ is going to be with us no matter what we go through, no matter if we have joys, no matter if we have distresses. The study Bible I got many years ago is by John MacArthur. I went into a Bible bookstore a few years ago and saw a few of them there. There's an NIV study Bible, a Charles Stanley study Bible, uh, this by John MacArthur. And I decided to take the one by John MacArthur uh, because he wrote a book, John MacArthur wrote a book, one of my all-time favorite books of any kind, called Twelve Ordinary Men. I don't know if any of you have read that. Just a fantastic book about the Twelve Disciples and how they became, went from ordinary folks like us to being disciples and being apostles. Just a fascinating book. And he talks about Peter in that book, and he describes Peter as the apostle who was most likely to put his foot in his mouth. Peter is always doing things, uh, always goofing up. Uh, and, but Christ came back to him and said, I love you, Peter. I want you to lead my church. It was written around 64, 65 AD. Uh, Nero had just burned, or was just about to burn, Rome. And people were up in arms about what was all going on leading up to that and then afterward. And Nero knew that he had to deflect the heat. He said, I got to get this, this heat off me. Who's a likely source I can put them on? The Christians. That's who I'll use. So he deflected the heat over the Christians. And then persecution started going pretty strong. So let's take a look to see what First Peter chapter 1 verses 3 through 9 say. And they talk about somewhat what we just talked about in the two Psalms, but in a little bit different way. Take a look. I'm going to start with verse 6, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6. And what it tells us in these verses is that no matter what you go through, no matter what your distresses are, no matter what your joys are, Christ is going to be with you. Verse 6, In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. His message there, and those few words are, you're going to have trials. Everybody has trials. They're not going to be for a long duration. That the genuineness of your faith, which is more precious than gold, will get you through that. And then he goes on to say, Christ, whom having, you having not seen, you love. 
Though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy, inexpressible and full of glory. Receiving the end of your spirit, the end of your faith, I'm sorry, the salvation of your souls. No matter what you go through, Christ will get you through it. I belong to a Tuesday group, a Tuesday breakfast group, uh, made up of a bunch of Emmaus guys. We meet, uh, we've met at different places. We currently meet at the breakfast company on Tuesday mornings at uh, 7 o'clock. We're out by 8, 8, 15. Uh, there's been guys in and out over the years. Uh, I've been in it probably for nine years. Uh, and another uh, long-term guy is Paul Morrison. Some of you may know Paul uh, from other things. He's a been active in Emmaus, and he's currently the pastor at Ointan uh, Christian Union Church. Well, one day a few years ago, he came in and had a big black thumbnail. I said, man, what'd you do? He said, I hit it with a hammer. Uh, I said, what'd you say? He said, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I said, what'd you say that for? He said, because it could have been a whole lot worse than what it was. And we've kind of adopted that over the years as kind of a, a theme that we have, that whatever happens to us, we say, thank you, Jesus. It wasn't worse than what it was. Interestingly enough, I had that come into play uh, seven weeks ago, tomorrow. It was on a Monday. We live on a farm in New Ross. My wife's a far, farm I married into the Denver Feltner family, if any of you know that family. And we moved back to the family farm, or at least the house next to it, and we shared driveways uh, in 2002. And uh, it's about 230 acres. It's probably half tillable and half woods and half uh, Raccoon Creek runs. So it's just a beautiful area. We have a, I have a lot of places I like to go to in the woods, one of which has to do with uh, weed-eating uh, trails uh, going through the woods. There's one particularly... Uh, that I like that kind of takes me like I'm into Shade State Park. It's about 20 or 30 feet above just beautiful. Uh, and I weed eat it a couple times a year in the summertime to keep the weeds down so I can go back. Seven weeks ago, I was done with two tanks full of weed eater gas. Was done, oh, job well done, I'm finished, I'll go back and cool off. And I was coming, it was raining the day before, and I was coming back down the trail and hit a downhill slope and it hit a stick that was kind of roundish and my foot slipped a little bit and I started doing one of these things, heading down the trail, and I hit a tree root. And over I went, landed flat on my back. I could feel my shoulder aching a little bit. I could feel tenderness in my left ankle. I was laying there, kind of looking up at the bottom of the trees, thinking, kind of taking inventory of everything that was aching. And finally wrangled my way back up. Uh, I had a utility vehicle out there. Some people say, did you take your phone? Yeah, but it was in the utility vehicle. vehicle. <laughs> you know how that goes, guys. Uh, about two-tenths of a mile from where I was. So I limped back to the utility vehicle, jumped in, took the long way around to the farm, went out and got the mail, and came back in, started taking my boot off, and my sock was dripping with blood. I mean, it was solid red. And so I called for my wife to come 
She thought I was having trouble getting my shirt off because I'd been back there a couple hours, all so sweaty. She came and uh, said, we need to call 911. So we did. Uh, New Ross uh, didn't answer. Uh, the backup for New Ross is Ladoga. They didn't have anybody available. So Crawfordsville came out. And I said, boys, guys, I, I hate to ask this, but would you mind taking me to Hendricks uh, Regional Hospital in Danville, Indiana? They said, no, we'll take you wherever you want to go. Uh, my son's a doctor. One of our sons is a doctor there. I know some of the staff. I feel comfortable there. So they hauled me into to Danville, and I got 13 stitches. I'm still going to the wound doctor. <laughs> I mean, I, there's a big there's a puncture hole like that in my, in my leg. And what did I say? Thank you, Jesus. Because my wife said, you were spurting blood. I couldn't see it very well where I was at, but I had nicked an artery. And again, I took a long way home. I went out and got the mail before I came in. I was, my, my leg was dripping blood, spurting blood. So they got me all fixed up. I'm in good hands. The, the wound is a whole lot better. But Christ was certainly with me then. And I think in looking at all of our lives, I know I did a lot of boneheaded things growing up. I grew up on the west side of Indianapolis. And uh, my buddies and I didn't get a lot of trouble. We got some trouble. Uh, you know, I look back over one of my favorite thoughts is prevenient grace, that Christ is looking over slugs like me when I have no idea who Christ is. I have no idea. No regard for Christ at that time of my life. But he was looking out for me. And has looked out for me ever since. If you take your, take your life now and look backwards, I bet every one of us can see how that works out. How, how if God was with me there and then, and he's with me now, well, he's going to be with me in the future too. It's easily understood. So, in conclusion, wherever you are in your walk, wherever you are in your journey with Christ, Know that Christ is with you, that he will be with you in your joys, he will be with you in your distresses. And all we should say is... Mm-hmm.